Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Tipping the Scales. I'm your girl Shay Dawson here with a little message. I just want to give a very special shout out to our tippers out there. Those of you who listen in each week and send us your messages and even suggestions on topics. You have no idea how much it means to us. Literally, thank you. We want to thank you for our shares on social media. We see you. You clearly have been loyal and pushing our content because we are growing and I tell you, me and T appreciate it. Just to name a few loyal tippers, Latifa, Lisa, Colin, Lori, Maya, and Nikki, thank you. Please keep helping us out and sharing that with your friends and family. Our biggest cities and states listening in are California, Pennsylvania, and Oregon. But specifically, I wanted to shout out LA, Philly, and DC. What up? Thank you so much. You're doing your thing. But our community, you guys, is growing. We're growing together figuratively, but also tactically as we all learn to tip the scales back in our favor. And with that said, we're changing up this week. We have put together a mashup of some of our favorite moments, gems, and jokes from myself, T, as well as our amazing guest. We've got Melvin Booker, father of Devin Booker, Deanna Witter, CRO of the Houston Dynamo. She was dropping gems. Monica McNutt, her energy was on fire, ESPN analyst. And our dear friend, former Hall of Fame head coach of the Villanova Wildcats, Jay Wright. You guys are doing your thing. Please continue to listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Share, have people rate, and subscribe to our show, and follow us on social media. We love you. Peace, and hope you enjoy this episode. Tipping the scales, we believe in being authentic and as transparent yes. as we can. So perfect, perfect. sit back and just pour out your heart. Perfect. And the <laughs> reason and the reason we call it tipping the scales is because the, the guests that we have on our show are able to explain what they went through in order to get to where they are now. Yeah. And the fact that you were such an elite athlete and then you also raised one. Like that's how you tip the scale back in your favor. Like you was, you were able to give the blueprint back to your son and you know, so that that's part of the reason why we wanted you on here as well. Yeah. yeah. We want to use this as a platform to help and motivate others. And because sometimes when you are, when you're in the grind or you're going through, like, I would say this, this tough time, it's hard to be able to see past your own situation and circumstance. So we try to, uses as a platform to motivate people, let them know that, hey guys, whatever you whatever you desire, wherever you have these goals to achieve, it's possible. So you are a testament that it, it is very much possible. Thank you. Yeah. So at what point did you say, okay, you're in high school, how do you determine what's next? Like walk us through, you know, for your journey from high school to playing professional basketball. Well, being using the game of basketball, you know, I wanted to get away from the, the coastal area just to see the world, like, like just to see something different. And um, I had a lot of schools recruit me in the area, in the, in the South, but I took my visit to Missouri. And at the time, they was the number one team in the nation. Oh, wow. It introduced me to a whole new world. And I was like, I came home one day from the visit. This is crazy. We took our visits back then by ourselves. We didn't take parents with us. Oh, wow. Really? I don't know if I would like that, Shay. I kind of <laughs> enjoyed, <the, laughs> enjoyed the visit. Me too. 
<laughs> on my own and I came back. And after that, I went to visit Central Florida and my mom went with me on that one. She drove me to Central Florida. And she was so excited about I'm standing in the South and standing in the area. Right. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I can't wait to visit Florida again. And I'm sitting there like, hmm. <laughs> so I told her I was going to go to Mizzou and uh, it kind of broke her heart. She was like, oh, they were so nice to me. I was like, mom, that's the plan. They're supposed to be nice to you. on Okay. Visit. Tell her. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh I chose Mizzou and it was the best decision I ever made as a as a young adult at that time because I had family in St. Louis, but not close family. And I just had to grow up real quick as a uh, as a young man and I had to figure some things out on my own. First, how to deal with snow. I never knew how to deal with snow. That was my first time seeing the snow is when I went to Columbia. Oh, right. wait, Shay, I have to tell you about this west coast diva over here because you know he's he he's he's telling me about oh i get to ride my bike in december you know it's such beautiful weather here because he knows i'm on the east coast so he i, I think anything below i give him 65 70 degrees i don't i don't he talk about his cold i don't even think he can handle it, it open now windows are open right now Just oh look cold. at him look at him it's crazy. I just left Phoenix too, and it was amazing there. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Especially this time of year. Okay. That's so <laughs> I, uh -huh. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, wait. So we got to go back. We got to go back. So you are Big Eight Player of the Year, correct? My senior year. You guys went 14 and 0. Yep. Conference championship. Yep. And then what happened in the NCAA tournament? Like, take me from there. We had made a good run, like going undefeated in the conference. But you, you averaged like 18, I think they said, yeah. Did and uh, we made a good run, and I think the NCAA kind of did us dirty a little bit. Really? <laughs> but, like we should have had like Shay, the, the first time we're here now. Talk about man. it. Talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> I felt like we should have had the number one seed in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. They give us the number one seed in the West. Yeah. They give Arizona the number two seed in the West. Who's coaching Arizona? Ludos was coaching Arizona then. All right. And you yep. to the, the uh, Elite Eight. And we playing Arizona and California. So imagine wow. that was like a road game for the number one seed. The entire arena was was full of Arizona fans. And that was like a home court advantage for them. So politics. Lute Olsen, of course. Of course they're gonna <laughs> give him that. Yeah, but they should have shipped somebody else out. Us <laughs> <laughs> in the St. Louis. I think it was St. Louis was a region at that time. We should have been in the Midwest. That's yeah. crazy. But uh, it was a great run. I mean, we had an unbelievable run that senior year. And, um, you know, I had brothers, man. We we still cool. And and I established some relationships with them guys, man. It, it, was, it was unbelievable. My four years of college was my some of my best moments in my life. So I would be curious too, and I think this would be helpful for our listeners is talk about how hard that transition was from high school to college, because you have a lot of hoopers who want to play at the collegiate level and it's not easy. You know, I know for me, for Mikel, he had to redshirt his first year and it was, mm. don't even get me started on that. It was, <laughs> I think it was harder for me than it was for him. You're talking about today's basketball, right? Because Yeah, but for you. So just how the mindset. Just the mindset. Yeah. It's difficult for us because, like I said, we didn't have AAU. 
So some of these guys I'm hearing about, that's the top guys, I'm seeing them for the first time on the college level. Like wow. Kenny Hardaway was the number one point guard in my class. And the first time I get to play against him was mm. when I get college. Oh. Whereas these right? kids today, they play against these kids at 10, 11, 12, and they take it all the way to college. So they familiar with each other. Right. They actually are friends already about time they get to college and they texting each other and following each other on social media. So Great. during my time, it was difficult, but you know, it wasn't like, we had old school coaches at that time that didn't play freshmen. Like you had to mm. go and earn your stripes gotta earn in it. order to get on the court. Jay writes the same way. You gotta, you gotta earn your spot on the floor for sure. Oh, you know, I was fortunate enough that a point guard slot was open and I was competing with other freshmen that I was able to beat out and start as a freshman. But mm -hmm. a lot of times back in those days in the 90s, those old school coaches wasn't allowing freshmen to come in and play right now. And those senior players wasn't allowing freshmen to come in and just take their spot either. Absolutely. Like, you know, it, we all competing out there. But uh, just a different breed of basketball. Let's talk about that. <laughs> exactly. Now they all friends, like you said. Transition was, mm -hmm. I mean, it's difficult for some. It's easy for others. If you work hard and believe in yourself, transition is easy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes guys get to college and, you know, there's other things going on in college. That <laughs> let's, call, let's call them other distractions. <laughs> you know, put people behind and, you know, so it depends on how difficult you want to make it. But it can be easier. I ain't going to say it's easy, but it can be difficult as well if you put in the proper work and have the proper mindset. Yeah. What kind of work did you put in? I'm just curious. So in how gym. often did you work on your game? What did you do? How did you? So the fact that I was so far from home, like 14 hours from Mississippi, uh -huh. to be in the gym and stay in the gym was my outlet to keep me from like missing family. You know, we didn't have cell phones and long distance phone calls was like. Oh, you're really showing your age, old man. <laughs> oh, cell phones? So you <laughs> <laughs> call home. <laughs> so I just stayed in the gym and I worked. That's it. Like, that's the only way I know is just work, work, work. You get out of it what you put in it. So. So for the listeners out there who don't know, I was born in Columbia, Missouri, Boone County Hospital. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up in San Diego. But so Melvin, did you. So what I noticed about Columbia is that it's a complete college town. Like the citizens of Columbia have no idea what goes on on the campus and vice versa. Like. Right. Did you, ever, did you ever venture out into Columbia? Like, did you have friends out there? Did you go to Douglas Park? Like, what was it like? I did, I did all that. You know, basketball, because we go through that stretch where school is out during the December and January months, but we are still on campus because we have games. Yeah. We had to develop relationships outside of the school and locals, we call them Como's. So <laughs> yeah, I had friends, I had friends that hung out in Douglas Park and did this thing. But yeah. we established those relationships because we were there during those months when, you know, the schools closed. So that it, is amazing. Columbia is a great city. It's a great college town. That takes me back. Yeah, it definitely is a good college great town. town. I love my, it. my grandpa played a saxophone in the in the in Douglas Park and at Twin Lakes or whatever a lot. So it's just crazy to like because I hear a lot about stars that come from Mizzou. And my uh, my fiance also coached uh, there last year with Conzo. So just understanding like all of the the great black men that come from there, like I I don't think we talk about it enough. So that's super awesome. So shout out to you for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It was fun. Third home, Como. 
<laughs> All right. So, so you spent your time in college. Seems like it was, uh, I would say, a really good experience for you being able to play alongside alongside some of the greats. But walk us through what happens next as you go to the next level um, in your career playing professionally. Well, let's go back to Missouri. So June 29th, 1994. 1940, 1944. <laughs> 1994 was one of my, I mean, I could say it's one of my worst days ever. Oh, no. After putting in all that work and becoming second team All-American, player of the year in my conference, I go undrafted. Mm. With, mm. I'm sitting there with my family watching the, the draft. And, you know, I felt like I did everything I supposed to. And then I go and draft it. And it was like a hard pill to swallow. And, um, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of motivated me to push me to, to work even hard to like prove those guys wrong. And immediately, you know, I went to camps and got cut. You know, you hear those same story. We like you, but we're going to check on you. You know, we're going to go another route. But so I went to the CBA, which is the G League now. back then and I played in that and I just played my way through the CBA to get to the league and once I made it to the league you know I got that gratification that at least I can show myself that I can get to the highest level I still don't feel like I got the proper opportunity to show them that I can play on that higher level but you know it's politics in this game was even was even worse back then and um but you know it was a fun it was a fun journey to you know do the CBA, the NBA, back to the CBA and back to the NBA. It was fun and you know I I, I say this all the time. I had my son while I was in the CBA, so <laughs> I love it. I wouldn't have probably never had my son, so it's a blessing. Very nice, I agree. Yeah, every every step in our journey it matters, and I think yeah. people need to understand that. Like, never take for granted those steps, even when it's tough, because sometimes we just want, we want to make it like instantaneously, right? right? We don't want to go through, I would say, kind of like the, the, the rigor in life to get to success. We want to just wake up and have what you have right now. I can see the projection screen behind you, you know? <laughs> we want to wake up with projection screens in our house. <laughs> I love it, T, paint a picture for the listeners. <laughs> I was going to say, too, that journalism is a grind. Like, it's it's tough. Just like we talk about how difficult it is to to get a job in sports. I think journalism adds another layer, and it's harder, especially for people of color and women. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that journey on how how were you able to get to where you are today? Because that's that's difficult and it's challenging. And I want people to know and understand how that grind is, that extra love that you had to put into it to get to where you are. Uh, all that pre-work. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's an absolute exercise and patience and playing, playing the long-term game. Right. right? Um, It was so crazy because when I graduated from Georgetown, got my master's also at the university of Maryland. So I'm in that DC area, which is a top 10 market. Like what's up? Like I'm from here. I play ball in another area. Like, of course I should be your sports anchor NBC four, like at 24 like, at yeah. 23. What do you mean? It's yeah. a no brainer. Yeah. 
not quite how it works, guys. Um, <laughs> let, let them know because people are going to be listening. Like They want to know. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's interesting because I was actually having this conversation with my homegirl at China Robinson yesterday, who's a guest I definitely recommend. Okay. Um, and, Check, and there got is that. This, when I, so this is for me, 2013. And there was this, and I, I still think to a degree this is true, but I don't think it has to be as harshly true as it was then. There was the notion of paying your dues. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about, when I look back at it, it wasn't that you can't be 25 in a top 10 market. It was that you need to have the type of seasoning that a top 10 market warrants. Mm. And while I had the enthusiasm and the knowledge, I did not have the reps, so to speak, mm-hmm. cross sports, cross life reps. You got to yeah. get your reps, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Now, I think just as we see in sports, young people with the power of social media are beginning to specialize even in their career fields, particularly those that are in front of the camera earlier, so they can have some of that seasoning younger. And so I am hesitant to just throw pay your dues out there. While I think there is a place for getting your reps and getting your seasoning, I don't think that that should stop younger people, women, people of color, from going after dreams that somebody else might say you're not ready for. Mm. Mm. Okay. So there's a little bit of a balance there. Now for me personally, wasn't ready, needed to go get my reps. Right. (laughs) And I was fortunate that a lot of my reps came. um, I got to stay in the DC area. I worked for the cable sister station to the ABC affiliate for two years. Then I got to move down to Florida. The network I worked with at the time was a hot mess, but I got to wear every hat. I was on the sideline for minor league baseball, like college football, I was hosting. And so it was all of these reps with fewer eyeballs on me. So the hiccups Mm -hmm. and the bumps and bruises that are inevitable were not put on front street, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, when I left that shop in Florida in 2017, it was because the shop was closing and we were laid off. Mm-hmm. And I remember having been through a layoff at that point thinking, oh, no big deal. Like I'll get a job in six months. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, okay. It was positive, but maybe a little bit naive. It didn't happen for me that way. And mm-hmm. so it took 18 months to kind of get back into it in a way in which I felt like this was a career. And I remember, cause you know, in DC, like not that I was dating, but just on the social scene, people always ask you, well, what do you do? And I remember being like, are you okay? Hold on, I'm thinking about what I do. Because right now I substitute teach, I teach cycle class. Do a, like, you do a little you know bit of everything. I'm just, I'm doing a lot of things. Um, and so, but for me, that window of time was so instrumental in separating who I am from what I do that I would not change a single thing about that season of my life. Um, and so love for it. me, paying your dues has not meant wait till you get a certain age to achieve something. It meant going to go get your reps. It meant growing as a person and not just a professional. Um, and so here we are today. Awesome. I love that. Just to hear that you it. were able to understand the respect that you had to pay your dues. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we talked a little bit about this um, in our last episode, how we're just in this fast, we, this like microwave type generation where we just want to wake up, click, and we want success mm-hmm. instantaneously. And we don't want to put that grind. I want to put that extra work in and really acknowledge that we have to put in that extra time to to get to to get the respect that we want to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it does take a good 10 years of doing That's something true. consistently to finally see, you know, reap those benefits. Like, I, I feel like I'm finally in that place, too. And I was telling Tania on one of our just episodes when it's just her and I is like, I don't feel like I'm at a place where I need to do as much anymore in terms of like my 
emailing and all that. It's it's more of like now it's just like, where does Shay fit and what yeah. fits Shay, right? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think once you get to that place, it's like a really good harmony and you're, you're less afraid of, you know, your output. You're less afraid of the things that, you know, would make you very rigid in companies. Like, I need to do this. I need to do that. And yeah. it's more of just like about a feel. And I think that's how I see you right now. It's kind of doing what's so natural for you. Like when I watch you on first take or when you're doing those hot takes, I'm like, how is her take so hot? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, so talk about the, what, how much time do you put into your craft? The preparation. Yes. You know what I, I mean? Was like, because yeah. I feel the way that you just run it. I know mm-hmm. that you're doing a lot of back work, but also I know you just know the game too. So mm-hmm. you're watching and also, mm-hmm. so talk about that um, song and dance. Of just oh preparing and getting on and getting on and killing it the way you do. The song and dance, that is what it is. Yeah. And girl, sometimes your feet hurt, turn the music off like I got a headache. I need to go, just stop, <laughs> stop. I need a break. Uh, it's so crazy because when I got to Around the Horn, it was at the height of basketball season, which was yeah. very mm. natural for me. Yeah. yeah. As we rolled through the summer and we got to uh, the World Series, I was looking like, oh, y'all still want me on the show? Right? <laughs> and so I remember <laughs> saying to my dad, like, it's starting to click why the monetary value is what it is for something that oftentimes feels like it comes naturally. It's because of the song and dance of keeping up and paying attention and being educated for me. And so um, it is, it's, it's funny Shay, because my thing right now is my healthy relationship with no. Right. Ooh, I'm going through a season of no as well. So keep going. Okay. 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 But it is also back to paying your dues to the, respecting what's in my hand because I think gratitude is the purest way in which we force ourselves to be caretakers of whatever it is and Mm. I am so grateful for all that's happening in terms of my career y'all right like I was without it don't get me wrong if it was the end tomorrow all right thank god I live that life I'm gonna move on I will be okay Mm -hmm. however right now I am careful and very like don't break this egg don't break this egg right Mm -hmm. and so that means Get on Twitter, find out the scores. That means read an article. That means listen to a podcast when you rather listen to music while you're working out because you need to be able to have it. Because when the lights go on, while I could make a joke of, hold on, let me get my notebook out, that would get old quickly. <laughs> and I don't have time for that. And so yeah. it has to be mm-hmm. there yeah. in a way that it just comes out naturally. Now, the beauty of hot takes is you don't always have to be right, but you got to be able to defend your stance. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. that is from watching teams like the Knicks are one of my day-to-day responsibilities all right as much as I'm watching the Knicks I'm watching whoever came in and played the Knicks so that when that conversation comes up versus another team well I saw XYZ at the garden and this is probably what you're gonna see here right and so it's working smart yeah um and just I'm fortunate that I love it now to the healthy relationship with no I'm very mindful that even though it is my job I need a day like I'm gonna go watch Married at first sight and not turn on a single sport thing and <laughs> leave me alone because I need a day because it is, I am rather a whole being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I, I love that. And it's funny because Shay and I have been talking about the season of no, I think Shay is like leading the pack. Like, no, no, no. But <laughs> and respectfully, respectfully, but absolutely. it's a no for me. Yeah. But you have to do that. And I think the more mature you get, especially not maturity, it's in terms of age-wise, maturity in your craft, mm-hmm. maturity in the work that you do, you begin to realize that you have to put yourself first or everything else is just going to fall, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to make yourself a priority. And right. in order to do that, no has to be part of your 
that one of your tools in your tool belt. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and it's it's a two way thing. And that's why I, I always say my healthy relationship with it, because I can remember and y'all know early in your career, it feels like all you get are no's, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my mom was the first person I was like, girl, count them no's because you're getting closer to a yes. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now for me, it is tweet that to, re to receive no without <laughs> being decimated. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> to receive it, but also to use it in order to protect. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah. Um, it's a two-way street. And I don't know when no became a bad word. Like, dog, I swear, y'all, I can remember being like 13, 14, or no, this maybe was like 16. I remember my homegirls, we just started driving. We get in the car. <laughs> I gave someone my number. Why did you give him your number? You said you don't like him. Because he asked, what's wrong with no? Like, I don't understand this, right? right. And so I don't know why no is such a bad word. Um, and I'm not saying you got to deliver it with fire and brimstone. Right. But like, yeah. no. Res respectfully. Res honestly, like that, yeah. that doesn't work for me. And even if it is, this doesn't work. Maybe that works. Negotiating. As long as you heard my no, that's the important part here. Right. Yeah. And, and, res and respect your no, too. Mm -hmm. Right. But part. people yeah. also have to understand that no has nothing to do with you. Mm -mm. It has nothing to do with you. It has to, everything to do with me and what I'm going through and the capacity that I have right now. Exactly. I don't have the capacity to do what you're asking yep. or I'm not. That's not where I'm going right now. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and so I it's like respect the boundary. Yeah. yeah. And I think for me, particularly if if people that want to get into television are listening, I felt like, especially as I was, you know, really kind of just starting to get rolling at ESPN, I felt like if I said no, I wasn't going to get asked again. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Never stop. Right. Yeah. And so if you don't turn it off, don't get me wrong. I love the company. I'm paid very well to do what I do. They would let me work eight days a week. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. if you don't turn it off, it never stops coming. And so I think sometimes particularly for us as women and black women we think that gratitude means i'm gonna let you work me to the bone mm -hmm. no 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 and then we think oh i'm the diverse candidate in this space like let me continue to earn oh nah goodness. baby when the truth is that whoever these folks are that are the decision makers they need you or they need us as mm -hmm. the diverse candidate just as much as we need the opportunity right yeah. and so this is a two-way street and thus i will carry it as we are partners in the work yeah and we yeah. just have to communicate like yep. that's that's it and like yep. as long as you know where i stand i know where you stand sometimes we're at a disagree yeah. and, and that's all yeah it's cool yeah. it's so the beautiful. human experience right absolutely So sports is sexy. Sports, every, everyone wants to work in sports right. because of the brand. And like I said, it's a sexy and it kind of draws you in. You feel that energy. But behind the scenes, I think what sometimes people don't know, it's a grind and you need grit mm -hmm. and it's a hard ass job. Right. So talk to us a little bit about, because it sounds like, you know, you found your passion, you knew what you wanted to do. You started to make that preparation, but talk about, because people need to know and our listeners need to know when you want something, you got to go after it. And even when you do it, it's a it's an upward battle just to try to get there. I mean, you, you've got to a C-suite position, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But just share about the the challenges that you had and how you were how you were able to overcome them. Yeah, I mean, you're so right. I mean, yes, this job has it's sexy. It's a sexy industry to be in, um, and I think that's why a lot of people don't succeed because you come in think it's going to be glamorous and you're going to be at the Ooh. games. And, and then you, <laughs> but then you realize like it is nonstop and if yeah. you want to be successful. This has to become a lifestyle for you. Absolutely. You have to live and breathe and consistently think about, especially in the revenue side, 
how to generate revenue, drive tickets, partnerships. Um, and it's, yeah. and it is not, it is on stop. It, it, it has to become who you are. And I think that, um, that's not for everyone. Um, and for me personally, I think what happens is you've got to fall in love with the work. It has to, it has to be something that you absolutely love. Um, I love what I do. There's not a day where I feel like I'm working. It's like, this is my purpose. And every day I'm looking to deliver on the goals and the vision and the purpose of our club, um, and our, in our, in our league. I mean, I think that's another piece too. It's like the impact we have as a team and what that does for the greater good of the league or the sport. And then yeah. double, double that down. Like why I got into this is because I want to be a difference maker. I truly believe that the platform of sports has a, has a way and, a, and has the power of a platform to yes. make a difference in so many different ways. So that's right there, that, that knowing that, that if I sell this one extra ticket or I help close this business, the impact that has on the club to then give back to the purposes of the vision that we have um, in, ways, in ways that some people don't even realize. It's happening sometimes very, very front and center, and sometimes it's happening behind the scenes and awesome. um, it's amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing feeling to wake up every day knowing that you're a part of something that that's that impactful in, in society in general. Wow. 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 So I, I don't know if we've mentioned this in the beginning, but you're chief revenue officer for the Houston Dynamo and Dash, right? Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the clubs and how different it is from basketball? You were at the league office, mm -hmm. you worked on the team side and yeah. now you're with soccer, you know? And so what are, what are the differences between and like, you know, is there, do you ever see the sports crossing over? Like where they're helping one another. I feel like soccer doesn't really promote basketball. Basketball doesn't promote bas uh, nah. soccer, but like, you know, just talk. Yeah. I just, I just want to have some, ca some candor conversation about that. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I think the skills of the job, I think all of it sort of translates. Um, yeah. it, I don't think that changes much. And based on my experiences, to your point, I've worked in the NBA, the NFL, I've done work in the WBA league office, the league team thing. That's a definitely a difference because at a team, um, I, I didn't, you know, you're part of a team and their success. And okay. there's, there's very specific aspects of that. When I was at the, at Teambo, the league office, you're consulting all the teams. And so the biggest thing there is you're not really for me in my role, I was a, I was a director of team marketing and business operations. So we, we served as like an account manager and had the direct relationship between a team and the league and then helping them with best practices, um, helping them drive their business with best practices um, and different uh, benefits and assets that would help them sort of move their needles. And the, the challenging thing there um, that I would say is the difference I found challenging is that because I'm a leader and I'm an executor, I missed leading people. So the yeah. Indiana Pacers, I had a team of people I was leading um, towards specific goals and we were executing and we could see that through. Right. Um, when I got to the league office, you know, I'm no longer leading people. And I could go in and I could share best practices. I can help you build the plan, but then I have to walk away and it's on you. And, and then I'd have to come back and hope that you did or implemented something. If you didn't, we'd have to keep hitting that same mark over and over again. Um, yeah. For me, like all I want to do is grab it and run with it. I want to run it to the finish line and see it succeed. And that for me was really, really hard at the league office. That was the difference. Um, um, but I will say from the league perspective, the biggest benefit for me and one of the things that really attracted me to go to the league office was I wanted to like step back and really learn the business. And that was the greatest benefit. I felt like I walked away with a PhD. You got to see the good and the great of every organization. What truly is the difference of, I love of why the successful teams are successful. So and awesome. Yeah. Not. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take all this 
and this information, and I'm going to put this back to a team, um, and I'm going to apply it, um, and it's going to be, it's going to feel so rewarding, and that's exactly what I got to do with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, you're so inspiring, and I feel like I can just feel that energy right through. <laughs> Is it because I walk with my, walk with my hands? It's and you just resonate, yeah. that, that hit yeah. me, that just Absolutely. hit me right now. I was like, yeah. yes. But I'm just curious, too, because just working in sports, how much it takes so much of your time and you're working in long hours, you're working nights and people don't understand, like you're doing your, let's call it your day job, mm-hmm. you know, let's call it nine to five, nine to six, nine to whatever, nine to never. <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine to never. Nine to never. You like that? Nine to never. Yeah. But you're still working games and you have meetings and you have to travel. And how do you balance it all? How do you keep yourself together to be able to hold these pieces to to have that success that you've had right now. Well, I will I will add in beyond this, you know, the role and responsibilities of work. I'm also a mother and a wife, you know, so I have three children. Um I have awesome. Yeah. So I have uh my twins are eight and a half. I have eight half twins. Children. Oh I my gosh. Twins. twins. Shout yeah, them wow. out right now. Twins <laughs> and shout yourself out. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> And then um, we have a little girl that's four years old as well. So Aww. I have boy-girl twins and then a, a four-year-old. And that's and that's another element. So honestly, um, we talk- Wait, so this. three girls? No, a boy and boy and two girls. Okay, I was going to say your poor husband. There's a lot <laughs> going on there. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, you know, in terms of balancing, I, I don't, honestly, I don't believe in balance. I believe in like commitment Harmony? to- Harmony? <laughs> I just believe commitment to like what the I love goal that. is. It's about mm. commitment for me. My commitment is- to be the best mother, to be, yes. you know, and bring my best every day, strive for greatness in this role. And I think that that's what I did. I'm dedicated to. Is it, is it a little that. crazy? Yeah. But oh, yeah. I, I, I like thriving crazy. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, um, what's your capacities? And I think you need to understand your capacities and then fill those cups to the capacities of each one that mm. need, need to fulfill you and make you feel center and whole. Um, I love that. So it's, it's really about understanding those levels and you gotta, you gotta just keep filling those cups. Um, and I feel like that balance is good for me. Um, and I think it's different for everybody else. And I think the hardest thing in this industry, and I think across anybody, especially women, like the balance question, you're not asking men balance questions, right? right. There's this mm-hmm. assumption that he has this whole like system that helps him be who he is and have a family. Um, I do too. My husband has dedicated uh, to our lifestyle as well. We're in partnership in this life that we're building together. And so he had to yeah. sacrifice his career for this path. And so my husband stays home with our children. Um, and so that's how we, we, that's how we make it work. Um, that I might not work that. for somebody else, you know? I Different love strokes. that. I know. And wow. I love that word capacity, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, flexible for everyone, your capacity to fill up this cup, your capacity, and to also get what you need in order to have the capacity to do. I love that. Yeah. So we don't talk about it enough. We don't, we don't. We absolutely don't. Yeah. It needs to be a new word, a new word in our universe, right? Okay. Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to put it out there now. Capacity and we're going to unpack (laughs) You guys fill it, make sure you take it in and write it down. I want to know, when did you realize that, you know, I guess you got, when did you get bit by the coaching bug? And then when did you realize like, yeah, basketball is the end result, but like that you have to, you know, accept people's children and and really take that in and and understand that's what you got to do first before you can actually get them to do what you need them to do. 
X and O's yeah. wise? Like what, when did it all start for you that you were, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's so many things I, I'm 60 now and, uh, you look good coach. Wow. Oh, T, I'm, it's I'm killing tracing me. that. Literally, I, I one of the finest coaches. I'm just gonna say it in the in the it's whole thing. Killing. So just do your thing, coach. They all know. They all know. <laughs> Listen, I have, to, I have to say this really quick. So when Mikel committed to Villanova, the next day at work, they were like, "Oh my God, this coach <laughs> is so." beautiful he <laughs> runs down the shore and, and so i was like oh my god please do not talk about coach like that but all the women are obsessed with coach so right funny. So, it's true coach oh, but don't all, make but patty we know he's yours so we don't want any problems um that's but, all over now t that's all going down to now t it's 60 <laughs> but I, at 60 i try i try to remember i try oh, to remember that I, what i thought of as a player I always yeah. try to remember that I work hard and I keep telling my assistants now like don't forget that like don't mm -hmm. get so into coaching and thinking like a coach which we have to do that you forget what you thought like as a player mm -hmm. I think you know I don't know if I've done a lot of things well but one of the things I've tried to do is I always keep in my mind what did I think like as a player and to your question Shay um you know, I thought I was at Bucknell, man. I wasn't even at Villanova. I was at Bucknell. I thought I was going to play in the NBA. I had no chance of playing in the NBA, mm -hmm. but, but in my mind, I didn't know that, you know? So I, I do think like every player that we have here, even though, you know, I'm experienced enough that I know who has a chance of playing the NBA and who doesn't, I still keep in my mind, he doesn't know. Yeah. And sometimes that's a good thing. Like he believes he could be an NBA player. So it's not my job to crush his dream. It's my, jo my job to tell him the truth and what does he have to do to get there. And then at some point, you know, when they get to be a junior or senior, if they're not going to get there, really start preparing them honestly for what the next step would be. Right. And that whole process, making them understand that becoming the best man and the best person you can be is actually going to give you your best chance to be the best player and a pro. We really believe in that. And you asked me like, when did that hit me? Like I, right out of college, I worked for the Philadelphia stars. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it was a USFL football team. I worked in marketing and, and I, and I loved it. It was pro sports. We won the USFL championship and I got a championship ring. It was all cool. And I went to, I took a job at University of Rochester, Division Three. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, was assistant inter, I was assistant intramural director, an assistant coach, and JV coach. Mm. That was my job. Mm. I made ten thousand. I made ten thousand dollars a year, and oh wow! I got there for like two or three days, and I started working with these young kids mm. and meeting their parents and recruiting. And I was. It, it took me like three days, and I was like, "This is it." This is what I want to do. I love this. I love being a part of their lives. I love meeting the parents. I love being a part of the family. Yeah. And what's yeah. so crazy is now, and, and I've had so much fun and just an incredible career. And it's these relationships like with Tania. I'm so proud of Mikhail. I'm so proud of Tania. I know this was not easy where he is right now, where Tania is right now was not easy on either one of them. Yes. Preach, and tell everybody because <laughs> to be a part, just to be a part of that. And to, when we look each other in the eye, we know, we know what we went through 
and we know where we are now and we share that forever. I love that about coaching. What's really changing now, and it's not a bad thing. It's just the evolution of the game has gotten so big and there's so much money in it that basketball at this level now, college is closer to pro basketball than it is to, to high school basketball where rightfully so there's so much opportunity for these guys to make money now while they're in college. And we've got to work on that. And they're really making college decisions now based on where can I make the most money? And when, as when Tania made her decision with Mikhail, Mikhail did, it was where am I going to, where's the chance I can grow into a man? Where's the chance I'm going to get the best education and where is the chance that um, I can be the best basketball player I can be? If it's an NBA player, it is. If it's not, it's not. Now it's become such a business. It's it's now like I don't care as much if I get my education. I want to get to be a pro. And if I get my education along the line, fine. If I don't, maybe I'll come back and get it later. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, yeah. it's just where it's evolved. It's just yeah. it's different for me now because I really – got into it because I love the relationship of guys. We Shay, every guy that's come to school here, every guy that hasn't left early for the NBA has got his degree on time yes. for you. Yeah. That's 100%. amazing. Yes. That is amazing. And I can and the guys a, that, that have university. left have come back. Huge. Yeah. And guys yeah. have left, have come back. Like Tania, this, this uh, next week coming up, Malik Wayans is going to walk in our senior night. After playing in the NBA, playing here, he came back, he's finished his degree. That is awesome. That's what I love about it. And that's what got me the bug to answer your question. Yeah. And I was going to say, just um, for me, I told Mikhail, because of course, you know, you, you have players who really aspire to play in the NBA and that's what are playing college ball to help prepare them to get to the next level. But I told Mikhail, like, our deal is like, look, I'm going to support you on your path to make it to the NBA. Um, but Mikhail is just so focused on the moment, like right now, like what can I do to be the best um, college blast basketball player I can be? But at the same time, I said, Mikhail, I need you to get me that degree, buddy. Like that's going to mean more to me than anything else. Yeah. Cause that was important because it took me forever to get my undergrad degree. Like I talked about it previously, but yeah. I had to take one class at a time to get it done because I was trying to climb the corporate ladder at work. Yep. I was staying home, raising the sun, and I was trying to balance all of these things, but my education was important. So although it felt like it took a decade to, to get it done, I made sure to complete it. So, but it, I wanted Mikkel to experience the college life because it was very much different for me being a mom in school mm-hmm. simultaneously. So I'm so happy that Villanova has had the success that they've had and, and, and most of their, their athletes getting their degrees, which is important because you got to have a fallback plan and we'll get to that, but shout out to just Villanova and their program to, to, to show those guys and, and women in the program as well, that your degree is important and it's something that you can fall back on once your, once your MBA career or your professional basketball career ends. So thank you for that, Coach. 